And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I actually have some guests with me. I, I brought my three dogs into the studio. Now, they're, they're laying very quietly on the ground. They're actually being excellent radio dogs. And the reason that I have them in the studio is because my landscapers are here, and they're creating noise outside. And, of course, my dogs like to bark at the landscapers. So that doesn't make for really good radio when you have the dogs barking in the background. Why do I bring up the fact that I have my dogs in the studio and I have landscapers landscaping my, my yard because I'm completely retired. So one of the lifestyle changes that I have made over my, you know, four years of being retired is that I don't want to do the manual labor of landscaping on my property. And my property is a little bit too big for just me to handle it. I don't need a full-time job as a landscaper. I'd rather hire a couple of guys that have a business that are trying to feed their families, and they do a much better job than I do. So, so why am I bringing this up? Well, because you have to understand that there is a different path available to you, and real estate can create a, a completely different dynamic in your life, a dynamic where the real estate is providing you streams of income that you use to offset your expenses of living. So I am using the income that comes from my real estate investments to pay for my landscaper. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Now, the landscaping bill, well, it, it varies depending on the season, and it depends on what my wife asks the guys to do. So sometimes they're here for just an hour. Sometimes they're here for two hours. Sometimes they're here for three hours, and they charge an hourly rate. So that, that amount that I pay fluctuates, but I'm not worried about whether it's going up or coming down because I have enough passive income coming from my real estate investments that it covers the costs of the landscaping. So what do I do when the landscapers are here? Well, I bring the dogs into the studio so they're not barking at the landscapers so that I can do radio for you. Yeah, isn't that a cool thing? All right. Now, you didn't tune into the show to hear me talk about my dogs or hear me talk about my landscaper. You tuned into the show because you want to find out how to invest in real estate. So what I'm going to do for you today is I'm going to go over 11 different properties. You heard me correctly. 11 different properties. Now, why, why am I covering 11 different properties on today's show? Because yesterday... I had 11 different properties come into my inbox. Now, these are all single-family type properties that came into my inbox. I also got a couple of offerings for multifamily assets, but I'm not going to cover multifamily today. I'm just going to cover single-family. And what I want you to understand is that 11 different properties can be overwhelming. It could be overwhelming to analyze 11 different properties. So what I'm going to do for you today is I'm going to walk you through what I do to analyze properties. I'm going to walk you through something called screening criteria. I'm also going to walk you through something called 
evaluation criteria. I know these are these are foreign concepts to you, and I get that. But the reason I'm bringing these concepts to you is because, well, the United States Army beat these concepts into my brain. The United States Army taught me how to screen and evaluate anything because when you're in the United States Army, you have to determine what the best course of action will be for anything that you're faced with. Screening criteria is criteria that you establish. I don't establish it for you. You establish it for yourself. What you're trying to do is you're trying to take a lot of information and you're trying to hone it down to the most important information to evaluate. Does that make sense? Okay. So when it comes to the fact that I received 11 different properties, I'll be the first to tell you, I was a little overwhelmed. When I first looked at all 11 properties, I was like, wow, there's 11 great opportunities here to look at. What exactly should I choose to evaluate? Because when I evaluate, when I go into the evaluation phase, I spend a little bit more of my valuable time focused on evaluating all of the criteria regarding the investment opportunity. Now, the reason I don't go right to evaluation criteria is because my time is very valuable to me. And even if I choose to just sit in my chair and do nothing for five minutes, that's five minutes that belongs to me. That's five minutes that I have chosen to use the way I intend the five minutes to be used. I don't have a boss standing over me telling me, well, you need to respond to your email or you need to work on that report or you need to fill my coffers with money. I don't have a boss doing that to me. I control 100% of my time. And the reason I control 100% of my time is because I am real estate retired. And I have to give thanks to Dell Wamsley and Lifestyles Unlimited for creating the roadmap that I follow that has allowed me to be retired for the last four plus years. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, let me. Yeah. Four plus years I've been retired. Yeah. You're probably wondering, well, Al, how old are you? You're like in your 70s now. No, I'm not in my 70s. I'm not even 60 yet. I retired at the age of 55. Now, my original game plan had me going until about the age of 70. Okay. yeah. So 55 in comparison to 70 is a much better result for me. So I have been retired. Yeah, you probably guessed that I'm almost 60 years of age. I've been retired for the last four plus years, and I love it. And, and one of the ways I keep myself retired and I build on my lifestyle is I evaluate properties that I am considering buying. The first thing that I do when I look at 11 different properties is I realize I don't have the wherewithal to buy all 11 of these properties. Although all 11 of these properties could fit into my portfolio very well. There are some salient pieces of information that I need to cull through, and I have to establish screening criteria to determine whether or not any of these 11 properties will move on to the evaluation phase. So you're probably wondering what my screening criteria is. All right, well, I'll be clear with you. My screening criteria is simply this. The property must cash flow, and it must produce at least 8% cash-on-cash return. That's in the cash flow arena. When it comes to equity capture, 
it must double my equity contribution into the deal. Okay, I just said a lot there, didn't I? All right, with regards to the equity capture, what that means is that I'm going to buy a distressed asset and I'm going to pay pennies on the dollar for the asset. I am going to improve the asset and it's going to cost money to do that. However, the amount of money that is injected into the transaction is still at wholesale pricing. It doesn't exceed wholesale pricing. In other words, there's a difference between what the property is actually worth in the markets. We call that the after repair value and the value that I have created in the property with regards to where I'm at and a wholesale price point. The difference between those two is additional equity that I obtain in the property. I want to double the amount of money that I put in. So in other words, for every dollar that I put into the property, I expect to receive at least an additional dollar in equity capture. That's my screening criteria. Now, how did I get to this screening criteria? It's based on my personal goals and objectives. Now, my pers- I'm not going to get into my personal goals and objectives, and part of the reason I'm not going to do that is I don't want you to adopt my personal goals and objectives as your own because your situation is completely different than mine. My current goals and objectives are different now that I'm real estate retired and I've been real estate retired for the last four plus years than they were when I first became a member of Lifestyles Unlimited over six years ago. My screening criteria has changed because my goals and objectives have changed. When I originally started, my screening criteria was different than it is now. I'm not going to tell you what it is because to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure I remember it because it doesn't matter to me anymore. It's in the past. It's done. It's done what it was intended to do, and I've moved forward. So let's get into these 11 different properties. Now, the first three properties, I'm just going to tell you that, that I screened them out. And, and the reason that I screened them out is that they did not meet my screening criteria objectives. Okay, so l- let me explain to you what I mean. Property number one, the first property, I'm not even going to tell you where it is because it doesn't even matter. What matters is the financial information that was provided to me. This particular property will, if done correctly, provide me an 8.1% cash on cash return. What did I say my screening criteria was for cash on cash? 8% or better. So it passes the screening criteria for cash on cash. But here's the problem. The amount of equity capture in the property is $23,400. That's the equity I'm going to capture in the deal. That's, that's actually a really good number. But here's the problem. My estimation is that it's going to take almost $40,000 to do this deal. In order to do it correctly, in order to capture that $23,400 in equity, I'm going to have to put $40,000 into the deal. $40,000 doubled is $80,000, right? So I would expect to get at least $40,000 in equity capture. This deal does not provide me the opportunity to earn at least $40,000 in equity capture. So what am I going to do with this deal? I'm going to set it to the side. I'm going to move it away. It doesn't meet my expectations. Now, property number two, this particular property, 
is poised to return an even better cash on cash return at 9.4% cash on cash. That's that's better than the first one. So just just in that screening criteria right there, this one appears to be a better deal than the last one, does it not? But here's the problem. This particular deal also will require about $40,000 to be put into the deal, but it's only going to return about $23,000 in equity capture. So it's not doubling my equity position in the deal. So I'm going to eliminate property number two. And when I look at property number three, it's the exact same problem. So property number three needs to go to the side. That still leaves us eight to evaluate, which we'll look at when we come back from the break. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Del Wamsley on the economy and politics. What happens if the economy turns around and goes back down now the Democrats are in power or inflation becomes rampant? and all of a sudden it becomes very difficult to do business. I was listening to an economist the other day and he pulled out this chart of GDP. He said, look, here's what I want you to do. He said, tell me anywhere from 1950 to 2021 where the Democrats took power and where the Republicans took power. He said, point it out for me. And the truth of the matter is you can't tell. If you're sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what the politicians are going to do or waiting to see what the economy is going to do, if you're trying to predict the future, stop. Politicians and the economy have no bearing on your success or failure. Only you do. Register for the next live online free workshop. We'll unfold the map to retirement in five years or less, regardless of what's going on in the world. It's the same proven strategies we've been using for 30 years through every political party and economic cycle you can think of. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. The reason I'm saying we're is I have my three dogs in the studio with me today, and I am just shocked. I am absolutely shocked that they haven't barked yet. I, I'm just amazed that they, they haven't gone off. But it, it could still happen. We still have half the show to do. But I'm not here to talk about my dogs. I'm here to talk about what I'm doing to screen down different properties and to get down to a number of properties that I can evaluate. This is something that you will learn how to do when you become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited. You'll learn how to set your own goals and objectives, and then you'll learn to establish your own screening criteria so that you can evaluate properties. So you can eliminate properties that won't necessarily work in conjunction with what you're trying to achieve. And that way, when you're actually focusing your time and your talent on properties that could work, you can give them your full attention. So up to this point, I have eliminated three properties. Uh, I eliminated them because they didn't meet my screening criteria for equity capture. Now, I've got two more properties that I'm going to share with you, and, and here they are. Both of these properties meet my screening criteria for equity capture. Property number four 
is going to require about $44,000 of, of contribution from me into the deal, but it's poised to capture a little over $66,000 in equity capture. So in other words, what this property will, will do for me is it's going to give me almost, well, right at $110,000 of total equity, of which I'm only paying $44,000 of my own money for. It's, it's a pretty cool deal. But this problem, there is a problem with this particular property. When I do the cash flow analysis on the property, it only produces a 6% cash on cash return. And remember, I told you the minimum cash flow that I want to see on a single family property is 8%. This property doesn't give me 8%. It gives me 6%. So guess where it goes? It goes with the other three properties that I've already eliminated. So what about property number five? This property is going to require me to put $30,000 into the property, and it's going to allow me to capture $41,000 worth of equity. That more than doubles my, my equity position, right? But again, there's a problem with this property because of the cash flow. The cash flow that this property can produce only produces a 6.9% rate of return. Again, that's not 8%. My threshold is 8%. So this property, it joins the other four, and it sits on the pile of, I'm sorry, but I'm going to move on. Okay, so now, where are we at? We're at property number six. Property number six is going to require $26,000 of my own cash to go into the deal. It's going to produce $29,000 worth of equity capture. So what does that do? That doubles my equity position in the property. Not by a lot, but it does double. So it meets the screening criteria. And then I take a look at the cash flow. Well, this particular asset will have the potential to produce 11.4% cash on cash return. So right there, this particular property, this meets my screening criteria. So I'm, I'm going to set this one in a slightly different pile. And I'm going to move on to property number, what is this, number seven? Okay, property number seven is going to require $25,000 of my own cash to go into the deal. It's going to return a little over $27,000 in equity capture. So it does provide me the opportunity to double a little bit more than double my equity position in the property and the cash on cash return analysis that i did says that it returns just shy of 17 percent cash on cash so when i compare property number six to property number seven they're 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 very similar in the fact that they do the same things when it comes to the equity capture position they do a little bit better than doubling my equity position but property number seven has a superior cash on cash return so i would take a look at seven and eliminate six just because six appears to me to be inferior so six goes and joins the other five that i've already eliminated so right now i've got property number seven and it's it's doing pretty well for me so what do i do well, then I take a look at property number eight and property number eight does some some interesting things for me. Property number eight allows me to go in and buy the property at. Well, let me just give you the numbers. Property number eight allows me to buy it for thirty four thousand dollars. But get this. It's producing like eighty eight thousand dollars in equity capture. Eighty eight thousand dollars in equity capture. That's that's a lot. But then here's a problem. 
the cash on cash return is only 7.9%. Even though this property is poised to produce a ton of additional equity for me, it doesn't quite meet my threshold for my cash on cash returns. So guess what I have to do? I have to allow that property to join the other properties that I've already eliminated, and the property that I didn't eliminate still seems to be the better property for me. So then I move on, and I find that there's an additional property that I can buy for, wow, now get this, $10,000 cash out of pocket. $10,000, that's, that's a lot less than the $25,000 that the property I'm considering is going to require. So, so what kind of equity capture does this thing give me? It gives me an $18,000 equity capture. Now, the numbers aren't really big. The numbers are a lot smaller, but this property is poised to almost triple my equity position in the property. Now, get this. It provides a 15% cash-on-cash return. Now, when I compare the 15% cash-on-cash return to the almost 17% cash-on-cash return that the other property provides, the other property actually provides me a better cash-on-cash position. But this particular property, it's going to allow me to almost triple, triple my equity position in the, in the property. So I'm in, a, I'm in kind of a, a, a dilemma right now. Which property makes more sense to me? Which property actually does better? And in my rule book, the property that does better is the property that requires me to put the less cash out of pocket into it while returning a great equity capture while still providing me the cash on cash returns that I'm looking for. Okay, so even though 15% cash on cash in this, this latest deal isn't as good as the other cash on cash at 17%, the fact that this particular asset almost triples my equity position, I like this property better, and I like the fact that I'm putting less cash out of pocket into the deal. So I'm actually going to keep this particular property, and I'm going to eliminate the property that I previously described to you. So guess where it goes? It goes with the others. So this leaves me with two more properties, two more properties that I need to take a look at. Now, here's the interesting thing about these other two properties. These particular properties are poised to return excellent cash-on-cash cash returns. They're also poised to return excellent equity captures. So what do I do? Okay, remember I told you that I like the fact that the property that we're, we, we left ourselves with, the one that would require us to put 10000 out of our own pocket into the deal, yet it almost triples our equity position in the property while still returning a 15% cash-on-cash return. Okay, that particular property is at the forefront until I look at this other property. Now, this other property is going to require me to put eleven, almost $12,000 out of my pocket into the deal. But take a look at what it does from an equity capture standpoint. It provides me almost $44,000 in equity capture. That's almost fourfold. So the 11th property requires us to put about $11,000 out of our own pocket into the deal. This particular property is going to return about $25,000 in equity capture. So when it comes to the equity capture component, it's not quite as good as the last property. However, the cash-on-cash cash return comes in at 
49.5% cash on cash return. Both of these properties meet all of my screening criteria. What I have to do is I have to move on to something called evaluation criteria. And I use a spreadsheet that I created, and it's based off the Lifestyles Unlimited model. Everything that they, they taught me, I just basically put into a spreadsheet. What it does for me is it allows me to evaluate these two properties side by side. So property number 10 is the property that gives me the better equity capture, almost $44,000 in equity. That gives me a 369.5% return on capital gains. Property number 11, it's going to require me to put almost $11,000 into the deal, and it's going to allow me to capture a net equity of almost $25,000. So the return on capital gain isn't quite as good as property number 10. So if I'm looking at the properties with regards to the amount of equity that I'm capturing in the deal, property number 10 is a little bit more superior. But then when I drop down to the cash on cash returns, this gives me another evaluation criteria that I can use. Property number 10 is poised to return me a monthly cash flow of $245 per month. When I annualize that, it's almost $3,000 a year in income. When I divide that almost $3,000 a year in income by the amount of cash that I actually put into the deal on this particular deal, it's, it's almost $12,000, I get a cash on cash return of 24.8%. Let's just call it 25%. And then when you couple that with a 369.5% return on capital gains, this is really looking like a home run deal. But let me jump back to property number 11, the last, the very last property we evaluated. This particular property is poised to return a monthly cash flow of $445 per month. $445 per month which annualized gives me a cash flow of $5,340. When I take that $5,340 and I divide it by the almost $11,000 that I have to inject into this deal, I'm getting a 49.5% cash on cash return. Okay, so at this point, at this point, I have to make a decision. If I can't buy both, which one should I buy? There's actually another piece of selection criteria that I use to evaluate the deal. And it's based on holding the asset for a five-year period of time. Property number 10, when I take into account all of the different ways that we make money in real estate, returns me over a five-year period a 542% return on investment. Property number 11 only returns a 370% return on investment over five years when you calculate all the different ways we make money in real estate. Right now, property number 10 is a more superior property for me. Property number 10 has an after repair value. In other words, all fixed up, it's worth $200,000 in the marketplace. Property number 11 has a after repair value of $133,000, all fixed up. Property number 10 is actually a little bit more superior because it gives me more value in the marketplace. So when you take into consideration the natural appreciation of these assets, 
That's one of the reasons that property number 10 seems to do a little bit better than property number 11. Now, if I can only buy one property, I'm going to go with property number 10. I am. And, and here's why. Cash flow is very important, but it's not the most important thing to me. I believe that the equity capture portion is extremely important to me because what that allows me to do in the future is it allows me to, to dispose of the asset. In other words, sell the asset, take all of the proceeds out of the asset, and then I can turn around and I can go out and buy additional assets with that money. And in this particular case, property number 10, if I were to sell it at the end of five years, would return what's called an adjustable capital gain of $76,000 to me, $76,000. And remember, in this particular property, we are only putting in less than $12,000. What that does for me is it provides me an exceptional opportunity to make a lot of money, and I can trade in one property for potentially three, possibly four properties to replace it. And this is how we make money in real estate. If you want to do what I'm doing, you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for that free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.